Hello and welcome everyone to our special focus 100 pounder meeting. It is Wednesday the 10th of January and I'm delighted to introduce today's speaker Zoe D. Zoe resides in her native Stevenage and first came to OA in 2019. So Zoe, we'd love to hear your ex experience, strength and hope. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm Zoe. Um, hope you can hear me okay and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'd just like to um, start by saying the set-aside prayer. So please join me if you want to. God, please help me set aside everything I think I know about myself, my disease and the 12 steps and you for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my disease, the 12 steps and especially you. Please help me to see the truth. And the reason I don't do that is that I'm feeling quite nervous <laughs> and I have to remember that this is not about me. I'm carrying a message. Um, so it was just really important for me to just ground myself there. Um, so, right, didn't start my timer. Great start. Okay. So what was it like? Um, I was actually looking through um, some old notebooks, which is great. If you've been in a long time and you have a look through some some old notebooks, it's brilliant. Uh, but it made me quite sad. So just for some kind of statistics, my top weight was um, about 245 pounds. Um, my lowest weight is around 135. Um, and I've got some pictures to share. Let me just get them up. Oh, this is me when I was little. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was, you know, a pretty normal, ch normal child. Um, my weight, my food problem really started, my overeating started when I was about seven or eight, when my mum and dad broke up. That isn't the reason, by the way, but, you know, that was when I really needed some ease and comfort. I know that now. Um, and I was always big as a child. Like I had to go to um, special shops to get my uniform and all of that. But it it didn't really bother me. Like I was quite kind of okay with myself for quite a while. Uh, this is a picture of when I was about 17, 18. Um, and I had my little boy when I was 19, uh, so very young. Um, and really after he was born, that's kind of when I started actively trying to lose weight. Um, I lost a lot of weight as as he got older. Um, and here is actually, I'd broke up with his dad and um, uh, I was with a new person and we were getting married. So of course, cause we were getting married, I had to lose loads of weight. And like, that was the incentive, you know? So like I joined all the weight programs and all of that stuff. And I was able to lose a lot of weight to, to get married. Um, but it didn't last. And, uh, this is me when I kind of, um, put all that, most of that weight back on and came into, uh, recovery. Uh, these are just, a few pictures of like me through my journey this is me this year 
and this is uh, last year, sorry, and last year again. So that's just like a visual representation um, of what I look like. Um, but, you know, that really is the most least interesting part of it. Um, what I was looking back at was um, some things that I'd wrote down when I sort of first came in. So I came in through another program and when I put down the other substances, the food got very, very crazy. And um, I it was suggested to me to go to an OA meeting and I actually went into a treatment center um, to kind of address all my addictions um, and got some really, really good help there, some good counseling, some good help. Um, it was amazing. Um, but it's been a journey. Like I've done the steps five times, you know, I've, I've had, I joined in 2019, um, but I only started my entire abstinence in about 2021. And I had about a year and a bit of that. And then, um, had to redo the steps again. So, you know, relapse has been part of my, uh, journey and I'm coming up to a year again now, but it's also been unfolding it's been like this process of unfolding of of behaviors of beliefs of ways of living it's just been like a massive learning um so some of the things i wrote was in this old diary was i would like to be happy i'd like to not be dependent on my weight and looks i would like to be confident i would like to be a good role model for my kids i've got two children um I wrote down, I get called names in the street. I get picked last in sports. I wanted to cut my legs off. I forgot about this. Like I would have these imaginary, I always hated my legs and I always imagined like, you know, being able to literally cut them off or have surgery or something. Um, I hated wearing tights in summer. I hated having to to shop in special shops and comparing myself to people all the time like I remember I used to go out and kind of look at other people and be thinking all the time am I as big as them or am I smaller than them like this was what was going on in my head this constant chatter um this constant comparing this constant obsession mental obsession with what I look like how much food I could have, what I could get away with, what I could eat, what I couldn't eat, if I ate that and then, you know, and it went into all different um, all different kind of manifestations as well. Like I overate, I, I binged, I went into using laxatives, bulimia, restriction, and then I'd kind of go round the circle again. Um, and I was so unhappy. You know, that picture you saw of my wedding day I always just remember standing there and I'd lost all this weight and and you know everyone was like you look amazing and I was not happy I was not happy I know that sounds horrible but I wasn't because I just I was still me like I still had this internal thing of like I'm not good enough and I wanted more and there wasn't more to to, you know to the outside I had everything but but inside I just I felt awful you know and and I think that's when I kind of knew that this isn't just about food so like I said I went into um a treatment center and in but 
and alongside fellowship um and meetings and um yeah it's been a real journey of unraveling you know everything I thought I knew about my life and the way I thought it should be and what I should be doing and kind of learning this new way um I grew up in a home of addicts so I only know knew one way of dealing with stuff you know whether that be food alcohol whatever I didn't see any other way of coping with anything so I've had to learn and grow up through this process of doing the steps um so yeah that's kind of like what it was like and what happened um and the tricky part for me for the last couple of years has been like I said I've done the steps you know a few times and it's been this thing of I'm a perfectionist and the the steps say like uh Sorry, it says in in the book, in the literature, like working towards a healthy body weight. Um, that's the abstinence uh, statement. And, you know, I, in my head, I want to be a certain size or weight. Like I should be a certain size or weight. And I forget where I've come from, you know? And I sometimes look at other people in recovery and think, oh God, like I'm not as small as them. Maybe I should be smaller, but I have to be realistic about that because when you have lost a lot of weight, like you have skin, you know, you have like, you're never going to be toned up and, and, you know, I'm not 20, you know, so I'm not going to ever look like that. I need to be realistic about this. Um, so I've really had to try and not focus too much on those numbers but more on my health and doing everything I can to be healthy and not what I look like, but what I feel like. That's really been been my focus the last year because even when I relapsed, I was still at the same weight, you know, and I was back into that place of crazy head. So it wasn't even about the weight at that time. It was like about, I just want to be sane. That's the goal, right? The goal is that I want to be happy and free. I want to be able to do, live life. I want to be present. I want to be there with my kids, not thinking about what we're going to have tomorrow, what we're going to have later to eat, and what can I do, and la, 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 all of that. How, if I eat this, can I have and not have that? You know, that just takes me away from the people in my life. It really does. And it did a lot of damage. I thought that my eating didn't do anyone else any damage apart from me um, because I was the one with the, you know, with the skin on my legs and all the, all the issues that that it caused being, you know, severely overweight. And it wasn't the biggest thing was I wasn't present for my family, for my husband, for my kids. And I didn't know that I couldn't see it until I kind of went through the, the process of the steps and figured out that I did owe an amends um, to them. And living amends is to stay in recovery and, you know, do my temp steps and all of that stuff on a daily basis to keep me present, to keep me there for them. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's the goal now, you know, the 
the the kind of the goal has shifted for me from from being around weight and um body image to to how can I how can I be okay with life no matter what happens like how can I go through this world and this life which by the way is not easy you know my circumstances haven't changed I still have issues but I'm happier because I know that I don't have to control everything and make everything okay anymore because that's what I genuinely thought I genuinely thought that I had to kind of be everything to everybody and and you know fix everything and control everything and that that would make me happy and it just didn't it just made me so resentful at everyone because I felt they were expecting that from me and now you know I re- I think I've been put in my right size not of body but of ego and of self like I'm one of many people not God I'm not God I'm just not I'm not even my children's God <laughs> Although, you know, I can act like it sometimes when they're doing things that I'm like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, just don't say anything because actually they've got their own journey. They've got their own journey, their own higher power. Um, And that that is really that being able to be OK, no matter what's going on in the outside is now kind of my my main uh, focus and and, you know, how I do that is just by connecting to other people, asking for help, which by the way, I could never do before. I could never ask for help. I could never admit that I wasn't okay. And I still struggle with that sometimes, you know, asking for help and then receiving it. Because even if I ask and they say, yeah, I'm like, actually, don't worry, I've got it. You know, no, I haven't got it. No, I haven't. I need help sometimes. And that's okay. It doesn't make me defective. Um, And yeah, so asking for help and sharing, you know, with other people about what's actually going on and being honest with myself about what's actually going on in my life and and how I feel. Because I spent such a long time, like, denying my feelings. And it really just, it was not a good way to live it was not a good way to live and I was scared to be angry or scared to be, you know, yeah, angry. Anger was the real one for me. Um, And I thought that, you know, if I wasn't, this was the old story, if I'm not perfect and if I'm if I'm not um, everything to everyone, no one's going to love me. Like that's how I felt. And um, that's just not the truth today. It's not the truth today. You know, I'm just a human. Sometimes I make mistakes and it's been a real journey of self-compassion. Just being okay with not being perfect a lot of the time and just knowing that I've, you know, I'm doing enough and giving myself that that kind of affirmation. Um, And I just wanted to... um, finish with I found a letter that I wrote to myself I don't know when this was but it must have been a few years ago um and I just want to read it to you guys um just because I felt moved to and if it if it kind of if it's helpful to someone that would be that would be wonderful um 
So this is my letter. I'm writing this letter to help you forgive yourself. For so many years, you have been beating yourself up, comparing yourself to others and criticizing everything about yourself. Nothing was ever good enough and you felt that all of these expectations had been put upon you by others. This led to anger and self-abuse. I know you didn't know this at the time, but this self-abuse only made things worse. I want to offer you acceptance and unconditional love just as I would my own children. I forgive myself for being an addict. I forgive myself for all the damaging things that I've done to myself because I didn't know better. I forgive myself for not being perfect. Those expectations are not real. They could never have been achieved. They were another form of self-abuse. Now is the time to let go of all the self-destructive things that you've done to yourself. It does not have any purpose. Recovery is all about self-compassion and self-love. These are the things that will soothe you now. Whenever you catch those thoughts coming back in, telling you that you could or should do better, remember this, it's a lie. These thoughts want to keep you in your addiction. They want you to stay repressed. This voice is the voice of your addict. This forgiveness has to be an ongoing thing. If you keep treating yourself kindly, it will become easier. You deserve to be in recovery. You are worthy of love for from yourself and from others. You deserve to be compassionate towards yourself like you would a friend. You deserve to allow yourself time to heal and grow and to learn. It's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to ask for help. It is okay not to know all the answers. It's okay to take the time to grow and recover. You do not need to do everything on your own. You have people that can connect with you now and that understand you. So let yourself be open and accept their love. You deserve it. This is your higher power's will for you. So if you feel in doubt, tell yourself this and believe it always. Remember that everything you need is inside of you. And when you can love yourself, you can allow others to love you too. Send in love and forgiveness to you. Keep going on this path. You deserve it. Love from me. It's just, yeah, it's just beautiful. Um, and I'll just, I'll just kind of end in, in saying this. Um, the one miracle thing that that's happened in my life is, and it wasn't a miracle at the time. I got when I got married, um, my husband about six months later went into a wheelchair. He's got MS. Um, so I'm his full-time carer. And, you know, I was thinking today, do you know how much of a reminder that is to not be so bloody self-obsessed about my image, having a partner in a wheelchair? Because when I moan about what my legs look like and then I see that he can't even move his, you know, that really puts it into perspective for me. I'm moaning, but yet my body works. It still carries me. It might not be perfect, might not look great, might not be what I imagined it would be, but it works. I can walk, you know, I can move about. And that is a real blessing because not everyone has that. So 
yeah, that, you know, I'm glad that my husband reminds me of that every day. And he loves me just the way I am, by the way. He loved me then and he loves me now. <laughs> so that's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it.